Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. the traditional custodians of the land across central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander educators listening. I recognise the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland based in Rockhampton. And with me for this episode, I have Angela Collins, my amazing colleague based in Emerald. Welcome to the podcast, Angela. And in usual CQ style, let's start with a one word barometer and Angie, our conversation starter, where are you? Thanks, Trudy. I'm um, I'm very good, and tonight I am in downtown Mackay, overlooking the Pioneer River. So I've bounced from Emerald to Capella to Moorumbah to Dysart to Mackay this week so far. And hence why I asked the question. Uh, for people who know you, you would have to take the title of our most travelled ARD and it was always a surprise as to where you might be at any point in the week. Mm. I'm like, where's Wally? Yep, yep, just mm. pop up anywhere. Yep. Uh, tonight I'm actually home and we're recording this in the evening, which is not the usual style, but it's that time of year and catching up is difficult. And uh, I've had a day up in St Lawrence and Clark Creek, my favourite part of the region. And now... We've had a bit of a chat before we started to hit the record button. I am just fascinated to see where this conversation <laughs> is going to land us. So Ange and I are going to endeavour to share our 20 memories for 2020. Now, it's meant to be a combined 20 memories for 2020. I actually think we might do more than 20 and we might actually lose count as we go. But let's see uh, where this lands us. This is the last episode for the year, so it's a little bit lighter. And uh, we just wanted to take the chance to reflect on a pretty crazy old year. So, Ange, over to you. Kick us off. What have you got as one of your um, first memories of 2020? Well, um, first memory for me this year um, was we started the year with um, and it seems like an eternity ago, the, the fires, the fires we had burning all over the country. So it feels like it pales um, in, to insignificant, but into insignificance, but it certainly wasn't at the time. So that's my earliest memory from the start of the year. Hmm. Yeah, and thank you for reminding me about that. And it just seems like such a long time ago, but it, it was coming up to 12 months because I remember... Um, personally, I was in Texas in December 
and uh, everyone over there was aware of the fires burning in Australia late mm. 2019 and of course they continued into 2020 so significant um, event that impacted across our country mm. it, it was a remarkable year on so many fronts wasn't it certainly was um, and who would have thought that was the start of what was going to happen for the rest of the year <laughs> oh, well I'm going to pop in number two memory for me is actually the birth of the podcast that came about very early in the year as well came back started work for the year and uh, our colleague Pete Tanza tossed the idea um, because we were back at the start of the year responsible for what was the webinar and we decided uh, with some thinking from the team that podcast might be something that would work for principals being very time poor and the format would suit them so um, not too far under term one and here we are and a whole year down the track that was a newbie for me for the year. Um, and it's really funny when we were having a chat just before we started how um, different perhaps our our 20s are going to um to go as we um as we keep chatting but you know I most will just put the put it out there and say well you know pandemic all of a sudden became became a word that we used in every second sentence um and and the birth of COVID-19 so I mean that was that was not long into 2020 uh, but as a result of that lots of things have happened Mm. Yeah, yep. And you're spot on. I mean, I know it got really impactful right at the end of term one, but we had schools that um, were managing um, overseas students from the very start, um, from mm. day one of the new school year. And, um, you know, as they returned to Australia and returned to school, I know I was talking with schools and supporting schools that were in that situation right from the very start. So it has been a year long um, event of course it's ebbed and flowed so um, yeah it okay let, let's dig into COVID what what what's what are the significant parts of that one well, just as we were talking I, I actually realized that probably that one of the the biggest problems was the death of the buffet and the and the food platter like really like the good old buffet like places like Sizzler Look, you know, we've we've lost we've we've lost history because you just can't go to a buffet anymore. Like that's got to be terrible. But really, I mean, who doesn't love a hot a hot um, platter? You can't have it anymore. It's all individually wrapped, and by the time you get to open your little lid, it's cold. Devastating. Well, I'm speechless. <laughs> Well, you know what else went missing? Toilet paper. Yes. Did we ever actually work out why? Well, I don't know that we did, but we had a whole lot of fun in one particular leadership team meeting hypothesising why. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know, like, yeah, okay, toilet paper, but... Do you remember, like, the, obviously 
with all of the the the, the crazy purchasing and the, you know I'm sure there are still families now that have 35 cans of cream corn and beetroot still tucked away um, in their cupboards just in case. But I think the greatest pandemonium was when women like myself who realised that they had SNS nails, fake lashes, had to get to the beautician before the closing time or else we were going to be stuck with all of this stuff peeling off our fingernails and things as the whole <laughs> as beauticians went into shutdown. Like, I just remember pandemonium, like it was ringing off the hook, people trying to get in to get, get nails removed and lashes removed and every other things that we've had done removed. So that was probably more pandemonium than, um, than the rush on toilet paper. I, d I did for a very brief moment wonder how I would go without haircuts, but given my hair... <laughs> No drama, just let it grow. Now, I'm going to bring it back to school in this space. Oh, that's There's right. That's what we're talking about. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That are still about, you know, health care, uh, the mad purchasing of uh, hand sanitizers, paper towels, soap, and to go with that, hand washing lessons like we have never done before and even for the adults not just the kids yeah but but imagine like just thinking back to then who would have thought that you couldn't go just walk into a store and buy an ipad a, a, a device because you couldn't even buy a, a set of headphones um just because they were walking off walking off the shelves yeah, yeah. Mm. Nice segue. Flow on effect was the increase in Teams meetings, Skype meetings and Zoom meetings. And I would have to say the most overused phrase for 2020 would be you're on mute. You're on mute. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Though, though you said you had something that you said just as frequently. Oh, Yes. It's not COVID, it's allergies, because as someone who suffers, because we've obviously had ongoing drought in all of this. So <laughs> just this week, I stepped out of a car in Capella. Well, by the time I got from the car park into the office, I knew the wattle was flowering because I could actually, I felt straight away, I felt the effects of allergies and so on. So yes, that has been my most used is it's not COVID, it's allergies. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> on the topic of team meetings, Skype meetings and Zoom meetings, I loved your observation about the dress code for the year two, Ange. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I, think, I think I've peaked because loungewear, pyjamas, outfits of 2020. And I loved the business on top and the party down below, like the fact that you could just wear a really good shirt and tie or a really nice blouse, do your hair, whack a bit of makeup on. And I secretly knew people were sitting there in board shorts or boxer shorts. Um, as long as you, as long as you had the business on top, it was all fine. They actually, there was memes galore about that. Yep. Hmm. Now, speaking memes. I loved the teacher appreciation memes. And mm. and 
who knew that we were essential workers? Like I know, I know. How good is that? Yeah. And, and the teacher appreciation memes around um, good old Facey and and other social media. Yep, they <laughs> they were well received. But the panic of poor parents when the reality of um, of actually having to to do a lot of that learning from home and an appreciation of what a teacher might go through in a day um, and and what that meant for parents being at home. I've heard so many funny stories about about um, parents wanting to try and give detention to their kids at home, um, parents trying to find the... Um, um, the timeout zone in their house. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I can tell you, because uh, I'm sure she'll never listen to the podcast. My sister, <laughs> my sister, used to thought if I could just be organised, it'd start her day at have the kids ready at nine o'clock, and by 22 minutes past nine, they're like, "Mum, I think it's morning tea time." So then, <laughs> so the whole day revolved around, "No, I think it's time for morning tea. I think it's time for lunch. I think it's time for playtime." So, you know, I, I think um, our parents had a whole new view on on what it actually means to be trying to um, to be in charge <laughs> of a classroom. Yeah, and, and some of us educators who are parents too um, are just very grateful that our kids actually have finished school and didn't have to do learning at home because I may not have coped with that. <laughs> and, and, you know, like credit where credit's due, our principals, our teachers, our, our all of our ancillary staff, all of our support staff in our schools did just the most incredible job um, in really difficult circumstances to to make sure that continuity of learning happened. It was incredible, incredible stories about what um, what schools managed to do. There's no way you could ever capture every story, but gee, it was a great effort yeah. and still continues to be because there are still families that um, that aren't in back in classrooms in the way that they were learning in February. Yeah. So, I have to yeah. agree, Ange, to be a part of and watch that happen. It was like our whole education system pivoted in a week and um, just to move everything into that, you know, virtual delivery, um, you know, and, and hard copy packs and all the different ways that it occurred. But if, it, it felt like history was happening. It was like an historic moment um, for me mm. just because I just, it was so monumental. Mm. Yeah. I'd have to, I have to agree with you that um, it was a remarkable effort by you know every single person um, in our schools and remarkable too for parents like I take my hat off to those uh, parents who had to work from home and and maintain those commitments in their own work and manage you know their children while they were. Mm you know, making sure that they were getting their uh, learning experiences as well. It was big, big effort everywhere. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny, just on a slightly different topic, I realised when I was thinking about um, this conversation how much, I, how much time I actually have spent up to this year um, uh, watching sport <laughs> or going to sporting events. Like it's, I feel like I've been um, stifled a bit this year. 
Well, they have been some impacts with sport. Yeah. 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 I mean, for for example, all of a sudden, sport in a bubble became a thing. But 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 no, but no spectators. Like I still chuckle at at cardboard cutouts that sat in, that would actually sit in a stadium. Like, <laughs> but but the sport will go on. Um, but I saw some cracking um, cardboard cutouts of pets and things in stadiums. Like that was just um, unreal. Like who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would have um, an AFL grand final in Brisbane? But just amazing. And I mean, look, while I'm on a while I'm on a roll with sport, um, the fact that well, it was only just in the last couple of weeks we've actually had the Wallabies beat the All Blacks in a Bledisloe Cup game, like that in itself is something to be celebrated, um, except for obviously any listeners that support um, the All Blacks. Um, look, we won't, we'll just, we'll just skip over the Broncos. I don't even want to talk about that. That's just too sad to talk about. Um, but I love the fact that, um, and if I can, if I can mention it only last night, um, some of our media outlets suggested that Queensland Rugby League had the worst origin team in 40 years who went on um, to win the series last night. So that was very exciting. So something, and and I, I can't verify it, but there was a suggestion that the 52,000 crowd was the largest crowd in the world to reform after um, as a result of all of the world shutdowns with pandemic. So I think that's exciting too. Who would have thought sport, bringing the world together, relaunching the economy? <laughs> Next, you're going to give us some commentary on the cricket, aren't you, Ange? Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. This is the first time I can remember that I'm not excited at this time of year because I know the GABA test is coming up. So normally the GABA test is next week in Brisbane and now we've got some, we've been shifted to the middle of January. It's just not going to be the same. I'm very sad about that. Like it's, it, you can smell the grass, it's time for the GABA test. Not to be. Not to be. Well, now that we've covered food and sport... <laughs> Um, and we've touched on you talking a little bit about fashion sense. Actually, let's go back there because while we're talking about uh, fashion, let's go with dress ups. And uh, I think you may have been the person responsible for dressing up during the principals conference. Well, yes. I mean, the the Westies really took. I think we took out the award, not that there was any award given, but um, that that notion of just having a little bit of fun. Um, our, our Westies were, were card sharks, so um, we I think we looked spectacular, and I'm sure the principals thought we did too. But it, it I don't know, it just gave a little bit of a um, a little bit of fun to what was. A really different experience um, going into that that virtual 
um, conference. I think um, you know some of our principals out in the west um, can feel very isolated at times. So come together, have a little bit of a giggle, and and uh, put something ridiculous on. Um, just makes it that little bit that little bit more um, enjoyable, I think. And I think I can speak on behalf of the um, group when I said, yeah, we did enjoy it. Yeah. The and, and if we're talking conference, the conference in general, like it was a very, very different way to go about um, a conference, but gee, it worked. It really worked. Yeah, it did. And I'm just going to, you know, blow our own trumpet for CQ and shout out to our amazing colleague, Kath Lawler for leading the conference planning team and as she said for having a crack at doing mm -hmm. something really different and in the circumstances it just worked really well so um, kudos to her and, and uh, Dana Lennon-Spindler and the, the team behind making the conference flight was, yeah. was a great experience. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because if you look at, at the number of um, conferences since then that have been able to go ahead um, like for example, I'm I'm helping out with the aspirant, the take the lead program at the moment, and and that has gone from um, what was a few days face to face uh, to now a series of of online events, and you know it may not be people may not be in the same room together, but uh, the quality of what our aspirants are, are having access to. They may not have otherwise had access to that if we weren't in an online environment. So I think, you know, um, CQ certainly went. Let's actually risk this and see what happens. And and the result has been replicated a number of times since. So I think that's that's a way that we can still um, build capability and move forward, uh, even though we don't have that face-to-face -face contact. So yeah. Now, another significant learning experience were, which you led was the Are You Ready to Rumble workshops. <laughs> yes. I have caught flack over that name, but um, at the time I thought I was hilarious. Um, but that was, I mean, that what that did um, was really heighten... Um, our awareness of the importance of getting um, our curriculum right, our assessment reporting. So we had a we have a really good intent, a foundation for what we intend to implement. And I think that um, brought principals together, open discussions that I can only speak on behalf of the principals I work with. That conversation has continued. Oh so, yeah. yeah, I would agree, Ange. It, it um, was a wonderful way to leverage the conversation and similarly the feedback from principals that I work with has been very positive about that and what it created for them. Hmm. So, yeah. It was, uh, it was good. And I just remembered, look, you know, making sure we had desks spaced out, we had sign-ins, we had signage, we had sanitizer, we had no letters. No, <laughs> just things had to be so different because that was probably our first step back into trying to have people together, yeah. uh, but maintaining um, what we needed to so that everyone felt felt safe in the in the rooms where we were working. So, but I, I've reflect now and think it's changed a lot of the way we've brought people together since. 
Yeah. So you know um, things that are different. Like I think this year, our Year Twelves have had a very different year from any other from any other year in in recent history. Um, obviously, undertaking a new curriculum, uh, first graduates and first Year Twelves. Well, they're finishing this week. Incidentally, their last official day um, of schooling is tomorrow. Um, I mean, we've had and and if I can, you know, try and one up Cookie. Because um, I remember him being very fascinated with the Karate Kid and Mash, um, we've actually had a group of Year Twelves that have had their own version of the Footloose movie. Um, and could they dance? No, they couldn't dance. Any kids that have got a formal tonight or tomorrow night, they can dance. So you know, it's been they've had the ups and downs of of the things that are almost a rite of passage for Year Twelves mm. that that have, has been a really different pathway for them this year. And um, talking to principals in the last couple of weeks, I think we under-credited the resilience of our young people who have managed to cope with the change. And hopefully that sets up those young people for success beyond year 12, because it's unlike any other year. Sure is, yeah. yeah. And that ex those external exams too for them. Yeah, very different. Oh dear. Very different. Yeah. yeah. And then we also think about some of our our teachers that are that are marking external um, their external assessors for the first time. So that'll be really different. I mean, you know, we've had QCS markers before, um, but this is a whole new a whole new world. So be very interesting uh, to talk to them as once we've we've finished off the year. Now on the flip side Ange, for our year three, five, sevens and nines, no NAPLAN this year. I know. I know. I don't there was it was it was just a, a, a ripple across schools. You know, the some schools were very excited, others were a little disappointed. Um, I I don't recalls hearing any student that was upset though. <laughs> <laughs> Not one. <laughs> uh, yes. Now, and I'm looking at my list here and we, we didn't manage to keep count, so who knows whether we've covered oh. the memories, but um, we'd have to mention our regional self-assessment, our regional review. That was also um, a first, first region mm -hmm. to to ask for a review, and it was a, I suppose what you'd say a self-determined like school reviews. That was a pretty amazing experience to be a part of, and the feedback and how we, what we've learnt from that, and how that's informing our work going forward as a region as well. And it's interesting because um, if if we look at opportunity, I mean, and you, you, schools are in the same in the same boat. You can look at a school review as a as such a, a positive way forward or as a as a try and um, catch schools out doing the wrong thing so that, you know sometimes that ripples through but I think this has been a really positive experience um, for us so that we get I mean whenever do you get that many people external to our region come 
and call it as it is. And staff within the region, um, be they school staff, regional staff, actually having the opportunity for input that they may have never had before. So I think it's a, um, set us up well for some really good conversations to lead what happens next. Yeah, and the, mm. the response to the survey, which if I recall correctly was done back in term one and then the mm. timing of the review was put on hold, was meant to be just before Easter and, you know, ended up later in the year. But the response to the survey too, the, the statistics on that was just unbelievable. So people really did take that opportunity to have a say. And mm. The reports yeah. are pretty amazing. Yeah. And you know, like just speaking of um, of having a say, like I think I've just I've just it's just dawned on me. Um, something that's happened this year is a lot of people had a say on and continue to have a say on, and that's Harry and Meghan. Hello. <laughs> Harry and Meghan quitting the Royals. Everyone had a view on that. Everybody. I mean, is it good? Is it bad? What about families that have had the opportunity during that time to sit at home and watch television, keep up to date with it? Actually, you know, now I think about it, we've also had this increase in the, the, the bad side of that is increase in trolls, increase in keyboard warrior part of our life that's changed because people were at home. Yeah. So, yeah. Are Harry and Meghan ever going to live it down? Well, Ange, you've left me speechless on that one. I think I've come to the end of my list. Well, <laughs> hold on. We cannot finish this. We cannot finish this discussion without just saying one word. Trump. Oh, <laughs> Now, that would have to be, that. surely that name would have to sit on a high priority of one of the most used words in a headline this year. Uh, I, I Presidential election or not, we have, that has been a very, very popular um, name that's been bandied around the world all year. I must say that I did have a week where I was a little bit addicted to the ABC election blog, and that was the US election, not the state election. Yes. <laughs> it was fascinating. And I'll also confess I only started reading it two days after that all voted because, you know, that had passed me by. But uh, just fascinating. So, yes, I do need to catch up, and see, huh. catch up and see uh, whether he's now conceded that he has actually not won the election. Um and uh, look forward to the inauguration uh, in January. So, well, thanks, Ange, for rounding out our list of memories from 2020. I wasn't sure what to expect, and you know, it, it was an entertaining conversation. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. Now, I didn't talk with you, but if you've listened to the podcast, and I know you do, because you drive mm -hmm. all those kilometres. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know that I do the fast five questions. Are you ready for those? Of course I'm ready to rumble. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble! Okay, Ange, here we go. When and where was your first teaching appointment? 
um, mid-90s Springshaw State School, um, P10 school in this region. Wow. And you've been As, in the region since the whole time? Yes, yes. Even though the region boundaries changed over the last 25 years, but yes, I have. Um, I, I went to Springshore as a, as a business teacher and by the end of the first year I taught business, English, so technology, year four health and preschool PE. Just teaching a little bit out of your specialist areas, Ange? Yes. That's awesome. All fun though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so when you think about your work, what was the last thing that made you smile? Look, I can't even say smile. I can say my cheeks hurt from laughing that much. So it was probably, it's sort of work-related, but one of our principal colleagues in the last couple of weeks starred in a local theatre production um, called Caravan, in Emerald and very quietly had been rehearsing mm -hmm. through COVID, before COVID, after COVID and the production um, was on over five nights a couple of weeks ago and most of our, most of the principals in the area went and I have not laughed that much for a very, very long time. My face hurt. Um, so not that you know not that we want to point it out but troy sanson did a really good job <laughs> as rodney oh that's great that's great so i think if we look at the year we've had what made us it was just such a joyful experience and um and there was also teachers from the emerald area in it as well so it was lovely that's good well the next question is, what is your best book or film recommendation? Maybe that needs to be, what is your best book, film or live stage presentation? Mm, see, I've missed live. Um, I love stage. I love stage plays. I love musicals. So I've missed that this year. Um, but if I'm talking novels, I love crime novels. So either um, anything from Janet Ivanovich's very hilarious, bumbling Stephanie Plum crime novels, through to um, Michael Connolly, probably my most favourite author, um, who writes as oh, he's, he's got a series of um, Bosch novels. So he's a he's a detective that I think's been sixty for the last twenty years in the books. So, <laughs> but love a good crime novel. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me mm. too about Janet Ivanovich. Love a bit of bounty hunting <laughs> on the holidays. Love it. Yes. yes. And what's your favourite quote? Well. My favourite quote is, do the best you can until you know better, and when you know better, do better. Yeah. Mm, that's, a, that's a Maya Angelou quote, but I think it, it's probably reflective of where we all are if we're learners. So once you know better, do better. Yeah, that is a mm. great quote. Now, I'm really interested to hear your answer to this last question because you, okay. out of all of us, has tra have travelled so much of central Queensland. So, Ange Collins, as far as things to see in CQ, what's our best-kept secret? Well, it, it takes my breath away every time. So, leaving Alpha to drive east 
towards Emerald, you go through the Drummond Range. Now, there is a particular spot um, to the left, there's a, a lookout. But if you're driving, you go past the lookout and as you drive over the range, you get the most magnificent view over the Drummond Range. And it, it takes my breath away every single time. It doesn't matter whether it's been in drought for the last decade or not. There is just something breathtaking and peaceful and um, just, yeah, it, it, it almost doesn't have words to describe it. But every time I wait and I, I look from about five kilometres out going, oh, it's coming up soon, it's coming up soon. And then you, you go, here, and whoever happens to be in the car, I go, look at this, look at this. I think they're sick of it, but they do look. So that's my favourite part, just that. So it's between Alpha um, and Anarchy is the Drummond Range, but it's just breathtaking. Wow. Mm. Well, thank you. And, Ange, thanks for the conversation. I knew it was going to be a hoot <laughs> and uh, it, you didn't disappoint. It's been great to catch up with you and reminisce about the year that was 2020. Yes, thank you. And I think I've probably guaranteed I'll never be doing another podcast, but, <laughs> but no, it has no. been enjoyable. <laughs> Thanks, Ange. Thanks, Jude. If, if you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes or you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, you can email us at cqcommunications at qed.qld.gov.au. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app you will find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. And if you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversation, even if it's the last one for the year, please help us spread the word by telling them about the podcast or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Have a great night, Ange. Thanks, Trude. Thank you for listening to Central Queensland Region's Reading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.